The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is October 3rd. Shout out to the Mean Girls and Lindsay Lohan. But it is your Sanderson Farms preview from the First Cut podcast. Some Ryder Cup fallout as well. And I brought in the legend himself, Greg Ducharme. Greg, what is going on? Oh, Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. First of all, um, beautiful intro, beautiful open, very well done. Uh, excited to be here to talk a little golf today as we're kind of looking back and looking forward. I'm, I'm fired up about it. Still a little depressed as all this, uh, Ryder cup U S fallout has taken place. Uh, you know, replaying the loss in my mind, what could have, what could have gone better? Um, how did I miss this? How I let my American citizenship bias my picks for the week. Uh, all that is really still strong in my mind. Still very fresh. And the fallout is fresh as well on Monday. Quotes coming out from the big German himself, Stefan Shoffley, talking to golf.com, talking to No Laying Up, talking to the Times about how Xander almost kicked off the team because of the Netflix amendment. Patrick can't lay in the same camp. Uh, and some financial amendments potentially there as well. I think Stefan said something along the lines of, wouldn't it be great if these guys were playing for $2 million each and the other team came home with nothing? So it looks like that team cohesion that they were so close, some of the quotes in that presser afterwards, maybe not as true as we thought, Greg. What were your initial reactions from uh, the Olympian Stefan Shoffley uh, talk, talking talking the big game? Well, for one, I feel for Jamie Weir um, because there's a while where it looks like what, what Jamie Weir had to say was completely made up. I mean, you if you listen to Patrick Cantlay and, and the American side and their rebuttal, if you will, uh, it, it makes it seem like Jamie Weir, who's a journalist turned into a novelist and this was completely made up. I had an inkling that it wasn't out of nowhere, but all of a sudden you get some, things that seem a little more factual, right? With Stefan. Uh, and and it, it, it seems like some of these things may be true. Now, the one thing that wasn't true or didn't seem to be true is that the, it caused a divide in the U S locker room. Um, it, it seemed more to me like uh, a training camp or a mini camp situation with an NFL player, you know, uh, holding out because of contract negotiations. And the players understand it, right? I mean, the sentiment in the NFL is, hey, I'm not going to let somebody get, I'm not going to stand in the way of somebody else's money. I'm not going to hold it against them, especially if they feel like it's warranted. Um, So it it seemed like a divide between the players and upper management, if you will, more so than within the team room. And that was kind of nice in a way. Because in a lot in the last two European Ryder Cups we lost, there was a lot of fallout and a pretty heavy blame game going on within the team. So we didn't have that this time, uh, but there's still there's still some things that create stark contrast between what the Europeans had to say after their victory and what the Americans had to say, or you know, 
people close sources close to the Americans had to say after this. What I really want to know coming from Monday is of those 12 Americans on the team, how many do you think were at Patrick Cantlay's wedding in Italy the day after the Ryder Cup? And if you're thinking about it, as someone planning a wedding, which I've never done in my life, do you think Cantley even thought about the day after potentially winning the Ryder Cup? He'd be hung over and getting married. And he said, you know, he's getting married. He didn't want the hat tan line, which the pictures came out. He looked fantastic. And but I, I want to know how many of those guys on that team were at that wedding. We don't we don't have that answer, right? No, it's very closed doors, minimal pictures coming out. Just looks a little sketchy, in my opinion. I would say Xander and maybe two or three others. I I don't I really don't know. I have such a hard time with this because there are times where would you say that all the players who didn't wear a hat on Sunday <laughs> would be included in that? Would JT have been there? Um, there have been other rumors that came out about Patrick Cantlay, uh, uh, more along the lines with the merger and the live stuff. You know, remember Cantlay's coup that he was saying. So are, are these rumors, are they, are they true? Does it bother other players? Uh, do they care? Uh, I don't ha- really have answers to these questions. It did seem like in the press conference, like everybody was on the same side. It, it seemed like all 12 of those guys were, um, you know, together on the issue. And I, I don't really know how to feel about it. If they want to try to, if, if somebody's trying to get you paid, are you, you know, upset with them? I, I don't know. It probably speaks to a much larger issue that the culture of the American team has to face. Um, and, and kind of the general attitude of the players. But it doesn't seem like there's a huge contrast between the 12 that were on the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if all 12 of them were there. Ooh. But I definitely, I, I definitely, definitely don't know. I will say for Coupe d'Etat Cantlay's credit, for as vanilla he, as he appears on the course from time to time, he's got a little spice to him. You know, behind oh. the scenes. Oh yeah, trying to secure the bag and all that. I I do I do appreciate that and the fact that he really leaned in into the villain role this week. Um, Greg, are you in the camp of quote blowing it all up? I've seen that tossed around the interwebs a lot today. I think it's just in general big time overreaction week where these guys loved each other in that nineteen to nine victory at Whistling Straits. There was no talk about. Oh, we we need more team uh, bonding. We need more team uh, togetherness. We have to sit around a fire pit and talk about how Brooks Kepka grew up in Florida while Ricky Fowler grew up in California, and and you know potential hard times they had growing up, which I, I doubt were a lot. Do do you believe that this U.S. team, the U.S. Ryder Cup process in general, or parts of it, need to be blown up at all? Well, I think you have a couple of things in your favor. One of them is that these guys get along, um, which was not always the case. Now, the fact that they get along is great because it helps the press conference afterwards. It helps the blame game and the fighting in the aftermath, but it clearly doesn't help in the performance. And so I I think there's a couple different things here. If you're talking about blowing the whole thing up is it the process of captain's picks is it the use of analytics Uh, is it the way that we go about pairings but these are all very different things some of which I, i think really need to be paid close attention to some of them i think um are probably unwarranted uh like for instance the selection of the team i i think the team the united states brought to paris at the time that they were picked was good enough to win. Um, and I think it'd be really hard to argue that, that there was a specific player who should not have been picked that really underperformed, you know, Jordan Spieth, for instance, were you, were you ever going to leave him home? Were there analytics at the time of the picks that says, Hey, Jordan Spieth shouldn't have been on this team. Ricky Fowler, maybe, 
I mean, there, there are maybes, but I don't think that there's somebody sitting on the bench on the sideline that would have changed the entire thing. I really, I, I, I don't think so. You can argue, as I have, that Lucas Glover should have made that team. You can argue uh, that Keegan Bradley should have made that team. Uh, and perhaps there are some others, but I, I don't think the selection of the team was the problem. What I do think is a problem is the process that we go through uh, as far as our culture is concerned, if you will. And it really came to light in the European press conference. And you think about when Luke Donald is asked about how he uses analytics and Dodo and his value. And and it's not about the analytics, but the the mission for Luke Donald was to figure out how he could convince his players that why they were going to win. Um, and this was in the press conference and the model maniac on Twitter did a really nice breakdown between Zach Johnson's answer on analytics and Luke Donald's. And the biggest thing that I took away, which again, it wasn't necessarily the point of the tweet, but Luke Donald trying to figure out how to convince his players to believe that they were going to win. And it doesn't feel like we have any kind of galvanizing mission like that. No, it's a use of analytics, but it's also input from players. And it's there, there's just a lack of leadership. So if there's one thing that I would blow up, if you will. Yeah, that's that's the tweet right there. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, I, I think the data is, is part of it, but again, it's that, it's that line, but obvious, um, trying to figure out ways to tell my guys why they're going to win, give them confidence that when they stepped on the T Friday, they expected to win. And these are the reasons. Uh, and obviously Dodo is a big part of that. So I, I'm going to use analytics to support a case that, Hey, we're making right. We're making the correct decisions. And, and the players kind of showed that they go out with an expectation to win and they are prepared to play well. And the American team was not prepared to play well. They did not play up to their caliber and their level. And, and I think that leadership leads to preparation. Does that make sense, Patrick? Absolutely. I, I didn't know you could tweet this much. That's that's very impressive. Um, I, I think one thing that's also not been applauded in terms of Luke Donald's captaincy, you look at the pairings from the European Masters as well as the BMW PGA Championship. The big one, obviously, was the supergroup, uh, Ludwig, Rory, and Hovland there at Wentworth. But you look at the other three groupings he had. He had Shane Lowry and Substrock in the same grouping, Justin Rose and Bobby McIntyre. He had Hatton. Hogard and Rom in the same grouping at Wentworth. So if you're Zach Johnson, you kind of want to figure out a way how the Europeans may have tipped their hand. It, it was right there. And I, I don't know if Zach Johnson was really looking that hard. And it, it's credit to Luke Donald for a team that was relatively inexperienced together to create some experience through the DP world tour and then playing together. I think uh, it, it went a long way with at least a comfort level there. And so, how how many of the Europeans played in that event? All twelve. All, all 12. twelve. They went, they went from Wentworth to Rome all you together. Know, how or, how or many Rome play the Fortinet? We had two. Greg. Two. Uh, how many go to Rome on the scouting trip? What was that? Nine. Nine. You know, like like there's there's a big difference there, and I know that Jordan Spieth had a baby. I I get that, but the. The leadership, the culture should should create an environment where there's no way I'm going to be the guy that shows up to the Ryder Cup unprepared. Yeah, there's no way it's going to be me. And if I have a be, I am crushed that I can't go to Rome on this trip. And, and are there contract negotiations going on that, that are preventing Cantlay and Shoffley from going to Rome on a scout? on a scouting trip. I mean, Cantlay could have, he, he could have tasted the food for the wedding, right? He could have made that a really valuable trip, but there's a stag, there's a stag night. Like I have my bachelor party that weekend. I can't go, you know, I, and look, these things are important. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to say 
that a captain is going to make players to do these things, but it, it should be uh, ideally it's a, it's so important because of the culture, the spirit in the room, uh, the attitude of all the players, the attitude of the captain, that this is just what's expected. And, and it's, it's not a inconvenient obligation. It's something you want. And I, we don't have, we don't do that. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, we'll go if, if we can. No, like we're, we're going to go cause we want to win. So. All right. You, you say leadership and we got two years to talk about it. Beth page 2025 right now, if you had to predict or say who you want to be captain for both sides, who are you putting out there? Tiger Woods and Luke Donald. Yeah, I do think Luke deserves another go. And then from there, you have a Dare Manor in 2027. You, maybe you give Patty another go in Ireland. I think could be really cool. But yeah, all signs are, are pointing to Tiger. I tossed in the green, green room <laughs> Phil Mickelson versus Sergio Garcia. <laughs> Um, and that, that would be uh, some dramatic changes in, in a pretty short <laughs> period of time. And I think, uh, you know, the whole like leadership room in the U S it, it's just super stale and recycled. You think about that whole group of Davis love the third, Jim Furyk. I, I know they got Stuart sink in the mix this year. Webb Simpson was in the mix at the president's cup. Uh, Freddie Couples, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the nod for Beth Page, to tell you the truth. But it's really just the same characters playing musical chairs, ring around the rosy, duck, duck, goose, whatever you want to call it. And one of them's the captain, and then the rest of them are vice captains, and, and nothing's really going to change. And th there's one name that got a lot of attention this week, not for playing or being a captain or whatever, but for commentating. And I think someone like Hunter Mahan could be pretty cool to watch some of these you know, less heralded guys who may have not had the careers that uh, or, or like a major champion like other guys, but who really care about the process, who are really into the week to week golf. And I think someone like Mayhan just to, you know, maybe give them the vice captain spot for Beth Page. He played great at that U.S. Open there as well mm -hmm. uh, would be, you know, to get some new blood in the mix, I think is really needed. Yeah. And you know what? One thing I'd add to that, if there was one thing that I would blow up, and I've been saying this for as long as I've been in this business, I've been saying this for you know a, a number of years. If this is about winning, and again, a lot of people coin this an exhibition, so maybe it's not about winning, but it sure seems to me like it's about winning. If this is about winning, there is no reason to me that the captaincy should be an honorary position. Like this is something you have a Ryder Cup and a President's Cup. And and this is a big advantage the US has over the Europeans. And it's not taken advantage of. You know, this needs to be a program that's developed on merits, not only on who gets selected on the team. And by the way, I do think the team that was selected was selected on merit, even though there's a lot of, you know, good old boys network. I, I there's a line where this was a merited team. Uh, but when when it comes to captaincy, the merit is based on what you've done as a player, not necessarily what you've done as a coach. And and this is a coaching role, you know. And so I just I think if we could change our viewpoint on that and create a program and have a Dean Smith, you know, oh, could yeah. type player right, so, somebody Off who knows how to run a program and develop something and come up with strategies and follow all year long for this purpose and host, um, you know, a, an exhibition tournament to practice alternate shot. I, I don't know what the ideas are, but it would be a big culture change. And, and I think it would really change the way we go about doing the, uh, the Ryder cup. Say the U S finds this guy, whoever it may be, Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson. So you're okay if this guy just gets run out year after year after year. You're okay with that? Yeah, if, if it works. 
I am too. I think right. it should like to hire a full-time coach. If he's the guy he, and, the, and the team the plays for him and he gets it right year after year after year, even if they lose, every other team sport has a coach. Why Why do we have a, a guy who is on the PGA Tour who had a good career and a, a committee of 21 people select him? It's like, hey, well, Tony Parker had a great career as a point guard for the Spurs. Maybe he should coach our team next year. Yeah. You know, I mean, but like maybe, maybe he, maybe he should coach the team next year, but not because he was a great point guard for the San Antonio Spurs. You know, he, he should be the coach because he's, uh, demonstrates the skills, uh, in, in leadership and understands the X's and O's and knows how to make this a, you know, knows how to coach a winning team, not play on a winning team. And so there's nothing against any any of the captains or vice captains. They've had great careers, and I'm sure that they're working very hard on the Ryder Cup. I know that they care deeply about it, but but the perspective that it's an honorary position doesn't gel with the idea that we all seem to put on it, which is we want, or at least that the Europeans put on it. Hey, we're we're here to win. Yeah, we don't have that attitude. I like it. All right, Greg, you got anything else? Re blowing up the U.S. Ryder Cup system. Yeah, we we can move on. Okay. <laughs> you, you you just sound exhausted, physically, well, mentally, emotionally. Well, the the other things that really get this gets into is the the dramas and and those kind of conversations, and I I think it's just it's just too much. That's fair. We can talk about Smash GC and their new team members a different day. Um, but we got the Sanderson Farms Championship. We got uh, preview, best bets, everything. But first, we are going to take a break for our sponsors. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Jackson, Mississippi, Greg Ducharme for the Sanderson Farms Championship. Uh, second event of the FedEx Cup fall, the second ever. You got five players who are inside the top 50, 
from the FedEx Cup. Uh, Eric Cole, Emiliano Grillo, who played well at this event last year. Lee Hodges, Tom Hoagie, and Adam Svensson. Outside of that, you got players positioning themselves to get inside the top 10 of the FedEx Cup fall with defending champion and number one in that standing, Mackenzie Hughes, leading the way. Yes, and this is um, you know something that's very interesting because the players held on to their uh, FedEx Cup points from the year previous, you know, from before the Tour Championship. So they've basically taken the wraparound season, and instead of starting the season with the fall, the season now ends with the fall. But you can get yourself in a position where you don't have to play the fall, and your position's locked. Then that's top 50. So it's it's very interesting how it's done. Uh, if you're 51st, like Mackenzie Hughes, you are at 918 FedEx Cup points. Uh, just to give you an idea, you got to be inside the top 60 to get into the designated events. The first two, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Genesis. Sam Ryder, uh, who is not only in commercials all over the TV, um, he's at 822 points. So he is behind nearly a hundred points behind Mackenzie Hughes. So that gives Mackenzie Hughes some breathing room here. You know, he, he has a really good chance over these next six events of getting into the, um, the first two designated events next year. Now, other players, because of the way these um, FedEx cup points go, a, a win goes a long way. Uh, and, and if you think about it, if you're sitting like Eric Van Royen, who's at 126th, not even really qualifying for his full card next year right now is at 294 points. Well, a win would get him to 594 points. Uh, and that is certainly enough. I'm sorry, 794 points. That's in, that's almost to the top 60, you know, so you can make a big move with some really good performances over these next seven events, which, which I, I do think adds a, an element of interest. And then, lastly on this, you, you have players who are inside the top 50 who can still play. And, and they are basically just playing for official world golf ranking points and um, and a little bit of money. And those players would be Eric Cole, Emiliano Grillo, Lee Hodges, Tom Hoagie, and Adam Spencer in this field. Yeah. And then you also get into major championship exemptions, uh, you know, two year status if you win as well. All of that's on the table. And one player on the outside looking in outside the top 125 is Swedish superstar, music sensation Ludwig Ober, the lone man to make it from Rome to Jackson, Mississippi. I don't think you can find two more contrasting cities in the world, potentially. His buddy Nikolai Hogard withdrew right about when he popped the champagne, I reckon, on the 18th green there at Marco Simone. Not Ludwig. He's outside the top 125. Plenty to play for. He still has status through the PGA Tour U. Uh, but, you know, top 125 after this fall gets in the Players' Championship. He's world number 80. He still has a path to the Masters if he gets inside the top 50 by the end of the calendar year. That's his invite to Augusta National. A win does that as well. Ludwig, I, I think the clear class of the field is probably fair to say. And, you know, let's see if he's fatigued or not. Let's see if the kid can uh, change time zones with the best of them for being only 23. He played four matches at the Ryder Cup, um, but that does not mean that he played 72 holes. <laughs> okay, because one of the matches uh, only went about 11 holes. Uh, they won nine and seven. Of course, that was against Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka. So uh, it, although it seems like a lot of golf, it maybe wasn't quite as much as uh, as needed. But look, this is now the the next chapter in his career. And this wild ride that led him to the Ryder Cup is now over. And the question is, hey, can we use some of these experiences? Um, to, can, can I use some of these experiences to propel me to my potential? And that potential for Ludwig is extremely high. You know, his, his driving of the golf ball is absolutely elite. And that's one thing that young players on the PGA Tour can keep their PGA Tour card and can contend in PGA Tour events uh, because of great driving skills. He has that. Now, when you see the next step and players go into 
superstardom, you know, the Victor Hovland kind of territory, that's when they have the iron play to match. And if, if I was going to nitpick Ludwig in one area of weakness or one area to improve upon, it is his approach play. And, and some, I don't think that's golf swing issue. It's figuring out how to go at flags and when to hit away from flags and how to kind of play a little smarter. Maybe it's controlling distances a little better, things like that. That's the next step for Ludwig. And I think that's where I struggle with him being a, a favorite. It's just the iron play. Um, but then again, you look at this field and you look at what he's done on the DP World Tour, and the iron play on the DP World Tour was significantly better. So maybe um, maybe he is a, a really warranted favorite in this event. Yeah, and you, and you think about some of those guys that you mentioned, you know, like a Victor Hovland. He his first win came at an alternate field event. Same with Colin Marcal when he won the Barracuda Championship. And I, I know it's not an alternate field event, but it, it kind of has the feel of it with some of the names. It's him at the top, and then you go to Steven Yeager, who's had a great year, but uh, I mean, he, he's not a Hideki Matsuyama or a Colin Morikawa, someone who, who might, those two or three guys who might trickle into one of those lower tier PGA Tour tournaments or an Eric Cole who's vying for PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. I mean, he could might get clipped if Ludwig wins during the fall and all of a sudden it's like i'm eric cole i had a great year i played seemingly every week made a lot of money but i might not get rookie of the year honors because ludwig came out of nowhere and 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 won a golf tournament so there's lots to play for i I think his i'm just interested to see what he does this week i think fatigue could factor in i wouldn't blame him at all but I could also see him playing well because he's 23 years old. He's the best driver of the golf ball in this field. And you look at some of the winners here. You had Sergio win here. He's one of the best drivers of the golf ball ever. Sam Burns, Camp Champ. I, Camp Champ. I, know, I know Sam Burns is he's kind of volatile off the tee, but when he's on, he's on. He, he drove the ball great last week at Marco Simone, which I think was an underrated effort. So I think the fit's great for him. Uh, and I mean, the timing's pretty great for him too. So I'm, I'm not too, I'm just interested to see what he does. Is all. Very. So. And, and you know, you've also seen, so he, he comes in tied fourth at the D and D real check masters, right? This is DP world tour stuff. Uh, he wins the Omega European masters and that's what puts him locks his spot on the Ryder cup team. And then at the BMW PGA, he's, leading by two with all of his Ryder cup teammates uh, and, and shoot 76 in the final round. That is another hurdle that um, he potentially will have to jump on the PGA tour. We haven't seen him in that kind of a position. I mean, he, he did finish tied fourth at the John Deere and has played really solid golf, but not under the heat of, okay, I'm leading heading into tomorrow. And when you get on the PGA tour, that can be a, another big hurdle for young players to jump. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be, before we get to our best bets, anything else you want to get into, you want to get into country club of Jackson par 72. We've seen a lot of good drivers, good putters, kind of anyone can play well here. I think we saw it last year with Mackenzie Hughes, uh, who kind of showed off his newfound distance. You had Garrick Higo finish one shot out of that playoff with Hughes and Sepp Straka, but you also had someone like Dean Burmeester who hits the ball a mile and and isn't really a great iron player. So I feel like this is the type of golf course where just about anyone can contend. Peter Peter Malnati has played great here. Cameron Champs played great here. So how how do you you take that uh, information? It's somewhat flat. It's somewhat straight. You have reachable par fives. You have narrow fairways like you do at the Fortinet, uh, although the penalty for hitting it in the rough is not severe. So it it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. It, it's not a golf course that separates the best ball strikers. If it's one thing to look at the winners, it's another thing to look at where everybody has finished in the top 10. So it's, it's kind of a benign layout. And whenever I get into a benign layout situation, I look at basically one thing, one combination of things statistically, and uh, and and I look at recent form, 
which is hard to do in a week like this, hard to do at the Fortinet, right? That Those early in the season, you go wide. I, I like to find guys who are playing well. It's hard to do this week. But you look at that model, uh, as, as Josh just pulled up on rickrungood.com, and you see, okay, a strokes gain approach to green is really important. A strokes gain putting is really important. Uh, and, and those would be the two things that really stick out to me. So those are the keys to birdie fest. Can you hit it close? Can you make the putts? And it, it's not overly difficult approaching the greens. So that's why you can see a Peter Malnati content because you can lean on a putter here. Uh, but I'm looking for that combo of approach play uh, and, and putting. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I always look back to... Sergio Garcia's win when he was putting with his eyes closed. You remember that? Yes. And <laughs> apparently he did it. He did that at the Masters. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he hit it so uh, well that week. Yeah, he really oh. did. It, and Monat, that was I think Monati closed with a sixty-two that week. Uh, Crazy. Sergio darted one on the seventy-second. Yeah. Okay, and so we got the course fits. I, I think Eric Cole really he, he makes. A lot of sense throughout this fall swing. We saw him play great at the Fortnite Championship. Just someone who iron play can get really hot and putting can get really hot. He some, yep. sometimes gets in a little trouble when it comes to waywardness off the tee. But those from rickrungood.com are, are your best course fits. Alex Noren, another great putter who, I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time we've seen him. And, and Ches Rizvi always seems to play well on these shorter layouts too. Yeah, uh, Dylan Wu is another name that sticks out to me. If you're looking at a long shot or a sleeper, um, 7,600 on DraftKings. I know we didn't have a, a DraftKings lineup this week uh, or podcast this week, but you look at this course fit and there's players from all different kinds of ranges. So it, it's a DFS lineup you can have a lot of fun with, but those would be the two things. This course fit does a great job of it this week, picking out some of the guys that you may want to put in your lineup. All right, well, let's get into the best bets. Producer Josh gives us a fat bankroll through which we try to make money for him, and we got it all this week. Matchups, finishing positions, outrights. Let's get into it right away. Greg, $50 on your matchup. Who you got? I got uh, Davis Riley over Hayden Buckley. Um yeah, you know, this is the time of year where I look to guys that I am expecting uh, in a big improvement from. And, and I think Davis Riley is one of those guys whose talent doesn't match what we've gotten in the results. Um, but ultimately, in this matchup, this is more of a Hayden Buckley issue than a uh, than a back in for Davis Riley. I mean, in. And, and I know that we've dealt with the end of a season here and there was kind of a long layoff, but Hayden Buckley has, he, he didn't play after the travelers until the FedEx St. Jude championship. And there were um, five events in a row where he lost strokes approaching the green. You know, he's been a really, really good driver of the golf ball and a pretty good iron player through his career. And what we've seen over the last couple of weeks is some real struggles in the ball striking department. And I think Davis Riley's going to have himself a week. Um, so I'm a little worried about Hayden Buckley and I'm, I'm picking on him this week. He was out for a while with a wrist injury, correct? Yes. Along those lines. I like the shout and Davis Riley local, right? He's got the home game going for him. I think. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I know he went to Alabama, um, but from Mississippi, from Mississippi. I'm not sure how close it is. It's a big state. Yeah, we'll say he's he lives right around the block, which is great for Greg's bet. He's got yeah. Davis Riley minus 115 over Hayden Buckley. I have Sam Stevens even money over Luke List. I like Stevens' well-rounded game. Luke List hasn't been hitting the ball too great. Steven comes in off a decent finish at the Fortinet, so I'm going to go with him. To our finishing positions, I'm going with a top 40 NCAA champion Fred Biondi. 11 to 1. You want to see his professional starts thus far, Greg? Yeah, miscut, 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 T69, T31. So it has been tough sledding for the NCAA champion, 
But I figure in this field, 11 to 1, top 40, pretty much just has to make the cut to give me a shot over the weekend. The talent and upside is there. So I'm going to take a shot. Who do okay. you have? Uh, I'm going with the top 30, and I'm going with Russell Knox. Um, Russell Knox played here in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2020, 2021, 2022. Um, his last two finishes here, T24, T29, and uh, two of his other finishes were also inside the top 25. So he has a pretty good record here. He, he's actually gained strokes putting his last two trips to the Sanderson Farms, and putting tends to be the issue for Russell Knox. Um, has a phenomenal iron game, which I like. The putting holds him back, but... Here, he seems to have found a, a nice little bit of rhythm to it. So I, I think Russell Knox can notch another top 30 at the Sanderson Farms. I love it. I love it. Next, we'll go to our outrights. $10 on each of them. And you have a guy we talked about quite a bit at the jump. Who you got? Yeah, I got Eric Cole. Um, I, I think Eric Cole fits the, and maybe it's a little unfair to Steven Yeager, but Eric Cole seems to be really chomping at the bit for that W. And and, and while uh, Steven Yeager, for instance, has been playing really good golf and his stats are absolutely phenomenal, there hasn't really been that contention, which which I'm not sure how to how to classify it, but it's a little concerning to me. Where Eric Cole maybe has that little weakness off the tee where he can spray it a little bit, but when he plays well in his strengths, he contends. You know, he, and he has he gives himself chances to win. So I think there's a very clear, we call it a pathway. I think there's a very clear pathway for Eric Cole to win. Um, it, you know, he's sitting here at twenty to one, and I, I think he could. I think he could get the job done this week. Who's who's your second guy? Second guy at I, I think this price. Yeah, I had a really hard time with winners looking through this field. Like normally there's a couple guys that, okay, it, I'm between these five guys, you know, that I really think have a chance to win. I had a hard time finding somebody I was super confident with. The number on Tom Hoagie, I think is way too long um, at, at plus 5,500. And you look at what he did. He, he struggled a little bit at the end of this PGA tour season, but he went and played the Irish open. He played the BMW PGA where he finished tied 14th. And it seems like he got a little bit of that iron play back. You see at the BMW PGA gained over eight strokes uh, approaching the green. So I, I think that kind of a strength can really benefit a Tom Hoagie this week. Um, and, and here at this venue, he's been a little bit hit or miss with the putter. Um, he's made some cuts and miss his best finish is T28 here. So it hasn't really been great, but, um, but I, I'm getting the sense that Tom Hoagie's really motivated this year to come in and, and put together a great year. And, and I think it starts this week in Jackson. Ooh, bold call. All right. Greg's got Eric Cole, 20 to one, Tom Hoagie, 55 to one. I'm going with the big hitting Australian Lucas Herbert, 33 to one, a great putter. He ranks second in this field on the greens over the last three months. His iron play can be pretty bad, but when it perks up, he tends to, he tends to contend. And when he's contending, he, he knows how to close on the DP World Tour. He won the Bermuda Championship a couple years ago as well. And then I'm going with the Georgia Bulldog. We're in SEC country, Greg. I'm going with Davis Thompson, 45. Let's go, dogs. Well-rounded kid. After I mean, his rookie year got off to a great start. Dueling John Rom there at the American Express. The pin on the 71st hole. Oh, don't get me started on that. But after that, Season kind of fell off on a cliff, didn't find the form he had in the beginning, but it's slowly but surely coming back. And I, I think similar to Biondi, I love the upside with him. I, I think he's a future PGA Tour winner, and I think it's happening soon. So I got Herbert 33, Davis Thompson 45. But that is not all because we've got our best bets that have been in fuego during the FedEx Cup fall Josh, put them on the screen for us because I don't know what I did. Okay, here we go. Greg, we'll go with you first so I can remember my bet. Who is your best bet for the Sanderson Farms Championship? Uh, Ryder Cup it didn't go well for me. As you can see, I'm in the red in every category because I went over at the Ryder Cup. I'm blaming my own personal bias. 
now we're back in the in the swing of things on the PGA Tour. The bias is gone. I'm trying to eliminate it at least. I'm going Tom Hoagie with a top 20, uh, plus 230. Too good a number to pass up. He's too talented. I, I think he comes in uh, and, and really contends this week. If he doesn't win, I, I think top 20 is a safe play. I like it. A little stacking, which I always appreciate. You know, if he doesn't get the job done winning, you got the top 20. Yeah, yeah. To back it up, of course. Of course, veteran play. I'm sure the Sharps out in Vegas do the same. I'm going back to the positively, positivity parlay. We are one for one in the FedEx Cup fall, undefeated lifetime. I'm going with Sam Stevens, Bo Hostler, Davis Thompson, and TikTok sensation Ben Griffin to all make the cut at plus 225. All very well rounded throughout the bag. I think it's kind of a tough week to decipher which skill sets really bode well for Country Club of Jackson just because we've seen so many different type of players play well here and win here. So I'm going with the well-rounded effort of Stevens, Hosler, Thompson, and Griffin to make the cut at plus 225. Greg's got Hoagie Mania, Tom Hoagie, top 20, plus 234, our best bets. And that's it, Greg. You got anything else you want to touch on for the Sanderson Farms? We could go back to the Ryder Cup. Do you still think we should blow it up? I digress. I digress. I don't want to lead you on. But uh, we just got to be willing to blow it up. That I think that's the most important thing. I I don't think we have to. There are things we do really well. We have great players, uh, but we we have to look at this from a different perspective. You know, we have to look at this as, okay, hey, we didn't play well. You know, that's a common sentiment. The Europeans played great. Well, well, why, why did they play great? You know, what, what did they do? We have the talent to play well. Why is it that every time we go to Europe, we underperform? Uh, what can we do with all the research and knowledge and smart people that are out there in the world? Why can we not figure out a way to enhance our performance? Um, and, and that's the, that's the number one thing. And I think you need somebody to take kind of control of the program to lead a, you know, a mission like that. You, you need somebody to change the way we think. And I think that takes one person. I'm not sure who it is. Maybe wears red on Sundays, just like they do at the Ryder cup. I, I, I don't know who it is. Um, but I think you have a lot of options. So at least an open mind. We can if we can go in with an open mind and realize that we're not. Uh, this, we don't want to leave this up to chance anymore. And if we lose, it's because we got beat. Now it doesn't seem like we lose because we got beat. It, it seems like we lose because we don't put up a fight, and that's unacceptable to me. I was going to ask you: Do you see a scenario? where there's a U.S. head coach named Tiger Woods? He's probably the only guy that could do it, right? Because something wouldn't feel right if you've, quote-unquote, honored all of these captains and vice captains for their career, and, and you bring in... I, I'm just going to say a name because he's a coach and very good, highly respected coach. Let's say you brought in Butch Harmon to run your Ryder Cup program. Not that he would do it, but if, if you did and Tiger never got a chance to be a, a Ryder Cup captain, something might feel um, off. Yeah. But if Tiger's the guy, I think you kind of check a lot of boxes and, and people would listen. And, yeah. and, uh-huh. Maybe he's just too close to the boys club, but, but I think he also would have the courage to break that up. I think the big thing, and we'll get out of here before we kill everyone with more Ryder cup discussion is just getting a guy who the players will get up for. You think about Steve Stricker in Wisconsin, how much that Ryder cup meant to him, how much that really galvanized the team. I'm not sure uh, from the outside looking in if Zach Johnson had that effect on the players in Rome, fair or not, but Tiger Woods rolling out of bed, no matter what, he's always going to have that effect on guys. You don't want to, one, disappoint your teammates, but two, you definitely don't want to disappoint Tiger Woods. So I, I think it'll probably come in the near future, whether that's at Bethpage, Ireland, 
or beyond that when he becomes Ryder Cup captain. Who knows? But the thought of a full-time coach for the U.S. team, a la Coach K, a la Greg Popovich, all of them, Dusty Baker, throw him in the mix too, I think could be you know, very interesting. I don't know if they will. I know the USGA just built the the U.S. development team with the Pepperdine coach and everything. So maybe things are heading in that direction. But, Greg, before we got get out of here, you have anything else on this beautiful October 3rd day for the viewers and listeners that you want to get off your chest. Anything I, at all. I'm I'm good to go. Um I know we're going to have another first cut episode later this week with some of the player uh some of our our guys who are out there. So I'm looking forward to listening to that here and their thoughts on that. Uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to the um to the Sanderson Farms as well. But other than that, Patrick, it's been a pleasure uh an honor and that's all I've got. A true privilege. I couldn't have said it better myself. The people were clamoring for this dynamic duo to come back after the Ryder Cup DFS episode. You wish it, we grant it. That is Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter, on the X, on the socials, at the Real GFD. I'm Patrick McDonald. You can find me at Amateur Status. Stop emailing me, people. This has <laughs> been the First Cut Podcast. You guys have a great day. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.